You're listening to Search Marketing Academy, the optimizer podcast about the wide world of search marketing, how everything that happens before, after, and around an ad click affects PPC campaign performance. Join me as I learn from the finest talent in copywriting, creative, SEO, and site experience, UI, UX, CRO, agency, and team leadership, and of course, paid media. I'm your host, Ashwin. I'm the head of marketing at Optimizer. We're building tools and automation to help PPC teams run campaigns their way. Find us at Optimizer.com. That's O-P-T-M-Y-C-R.com. Check out our other series, PPC Town Hall, our blog, videos, and much more. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us some rating in the podcast app of your choice. Thank you and enjoy the show. Jamar, I'm super happy to have you on the show. Um, it's it's personally, it's a big thing for me because I've been following you for over a year. I really enjoy the stuff that you post. I mean, forget marketing. I respect the marketing side, but like life and how to approach stuff. Like I'm super happy to have you on. Um, thank you for coming on to talk to everybody. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, first off, thank you for having me, man. I Every one of these appearances that people give me, I truly appreciate. These are these are awesome. And getting to talk to people whom I also follow, who I communicate with, just on the socials, being able to have the FaceTime, being able to share ideas, not just in, in social media, but in real time is awesome. So thank you for having me. Um, as for me, 10 years in digital marketing, I keep telling people I'm the accidental marketer. I went to San Francisco State University to get my degree in creative writing because I wanted to be next Shakespeare. And by the time I graduated from college in 2012, there was a lot of vanity presses out there. So people putting out their stuff on their own, being able to write the book, edit the book, publish the book and sell it for less, but they're taking 100% profits. And with that deluge of stuff out there, I realized, ooh, daddy's not gonna be able to make a whole lot of money right off the bat. So I'm gonna have to get a big boy job. So started looking and I found a place called Quinn Street that was looking for content editors who knew SEO. I could do the editing, but I had no idea what SEO was. So quick Google search, which ironically is SEO right there. So I was doing SEO before I knew what it was and started looking at it, did a little research and was like, okay. And I realized my best gambit to get this job was telling God's honest truth. So in the interview, when they were asking about stuff, I said, I've got the content writing and editing on lock. That's what I went to college for. The SEO stuff, never heard of it before. I saw this posting, if you're willing to work with me on that. I can work with you on the other stuff. And they hired me and that strapped the rocket ship to my digital marketing career. So for the first year and a half, I was doing content marketing. So interviews, uh, guest posts, syndication, all that stuff when it comes to writing. Just going from there, just tramping through different jobs. So I've been able to work in SEO, content marketing, social media, used to do uh, ad copy for PPC ads, never actually ran a campaign because I'm scared of monitoring my own wallet, let alone some other person's, let alone an enterprise company where they're spending tens of thousands of dollars a month. I, That's awesome. You need to spend it. I don't really need to be a charger. Um, did email marketing and everything. Worked in-house, worked agencies. So I've, if there's a thing in digital marketing, I've probably done it, seen it, bought the t-shirt. Nice. Yeah, you you are the definition of been there, done that. I It's... It, for me, it was job security. I, As a copywriter, I'm the first person that a company fires or quote unquote, let's go when they need to save money, when they need their books to look good for the stocks, for the board, for their own paychecks, when they want to buy another ivory back scratcher, Jamar's got to be out on the street. So if I want to keep a job, if I want to get to the next job, I need to keep 
putting new tools into my toolbox. Every problem looks like a nail when all you have is a hammer. I want to have the hammer. I want to have the screwdriver. I want to have the wrench. I want to have the Allen wrench. I need all those tools. Nice. I love, I love the mentality. I love the approach. It's again, it's if you know what they're going to do to you, you can spend 10% of your energy being upset about it and 90% plotting the next thing. And that's how I want to be. I used to be with the 10% plotting the next thing and 90% being mad. And that never got me anywhere that wasn't good for my mental, my physical, my emotional health. So just making that switch and understanding like, yeah, it's unfair, but life ain't fair. So what can I control? What can I do to make sure that I'm plotting the next step for myself? Yes, I can't give myself an interview. I can't hire myself but I can make myself the most manageable, the most hireable, the most exciting candidate that someone's ever seen. And if I do that, then I can walk away from any interview, any interaction with someone with my head held high, knowing I did everything and the ball's just in their court now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely behind you on that. I'm a former copywriter turned growth strategist myself. You can't be a copywriter forever unless you're like in the top 1% and yep. sell out a little bit on social media, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Other than that, there's another thing we have in common, and I'm super happy that you've now joined this circle. You've started writing for Wix. Yes. I'm, I got lucky in that when I left my last agency, Crystal reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to write for Wix? And I was just like, oh, that's a thing I can do. And she put me in contact with George, whom I knew, but his thing, and it's, it's right on. He was just like, well, I had done something for Search Engine Land, and he had talked to Carolyn Leiden about it. And her thing and I am was I'm a little reticent about writing for big places like that because they take who you are and you have to do the corporate speak and everything. And also, like, I'm very picky about the topics I want to write about. I don't just want to write anything that you can find on any other blog. I like to actually write about things I've experienced, things I'm passionate about. And luckily, with the Wix blog, I'm able to do a little bit of both. I'm able to write at a higher level, but also be able to talk to George and say, hey, here's a topic idea. I think that's really good. And I've got another piece that I'm working on right now that is something that I think needs to be more out there. And once it's released, I'll be so happy for people to look at it and read it and, and get in touch with it. Because I think that as marketers, we could be doing a lot more in sharing our knowledge, but we try and protect it because we're scared that if we give it to someone else, they won't need us anymore. It's, no, I can give people the steps to do what I do, but that doesn't mean that everyone can do what I do. We all watch Michael Jordan growing up. Like I know exactly what he did, how he practiced. I'm never, ever, ever going to be a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of what MJ could do. Everything you said is the same reason that I love Wix, you know, being able to share all this knowledge that I've accumulated over 12 years, being able to give back, being able to know that we're actually helping younger marketers or people who are getting involved with search marketing for the first time. That's, that's a huge benefit for me. And that's, that's all the value proposition I needed to get involved. Yeah. Plus like I'm really big on helping small businesses and a lot of the stuff that I'm doing for Wix that I'm pitching to George is around that, making sure that as people grow their businesses, they understand that you can start off doing some marketing on your own, but if you need help, there's nothing bad about asking for it. And if you need help understanding how to ask for help, that's the kind of stuff I want to put out when you're ready to talk to a digital marketing agency, when you're ready to hire some internal people, what does that look like? What you should, should you be asking of them? But also, what should you be asking of yourself? Because you've, at working in the agency, you've probably encountered 
clients who they hire you, but they have no idea how to use you or they hire you for your expertise and then spend all of the time telling you how to do your job. And that can be very frustrating. So I want to make sure that both digital marketers understand how to work with clients and clients understand how to work with digital marketers, because if we start speaking the same language, all of a sudden we're not talking past each other. We're talking to each other. And those communications, those responsibilities, those relationships get tighter and more beneficial for both parties. Man, 100%. I love, I love everything that you're saying so far. Um, before we dive into the, the real substance and the meat of this conversation, quick teaser for everybody who's watching or listening, Crystal Carter is the next guest on the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that one. I'm super excited about that. We're going to be talking about media-rich SERPs. Oh, my God. I'm going to hang up and listen, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jamar, let's dive in. Um, you, you're probably the first person I met in a long time who has been both CEO and CMO of an agency. So let's talk about the COO part because that's that's completely new to me. I know one of the biggest things you value is communication, communication within teams, communication with clients. You've already alluded to that, talking to each other rather than talking you know, past each other. Um, tell me a little bit more about how client communication can make or break an agency, what it's been like for you and what, what practices you espouse. Well, it's I treat every partnership with a client like a relationship. And the first thing that you have to establish is trust. Both parties need to know that when they're speaking to each other, it's full of trust, that there's actually a love there, whether you love the client, whether you love the product, whether you just love making sure that at the end of your communication, you've delivered for them. Plus, if they trust you and you trust them, it makes it easy that the one or two times you've got to get on a call and tell them that the numbers are not up, that they're down, that they're willing to listen to the next part. Because a lot of times when those relationships aren't solid, they don't hear anything past this number went down. They don't want to hear the explanation. They don't want to hear what you're doing or what you've been doing since you noticed that number. All they see is that's now red instead of green. But once you've established that trust, they're willing to listen because they know that you're there with them, that you're walking that same path, that you see that red number and you're just as upset, if not more, than they are. And they're willing to listen to that next. Okay, well, we saw a 10% drop in traffic. But what we noticed is we were hit by a Google update and it hit these sets of pages. What we're going to do is, and when you talk to clients like that, they see number one, you've established this is the issue. Number two, you've established this is why the issue happened. Number three, you've established this is what we're going to do to try to combat the issue. And too many times, and I know I did it, which is why I'm willing to speak on it. We as marketers think we're the experts that whatever we say goes that the client should just shut up and listen to us. No, it's a communication. It's a two-way street. We also need to take in what they're doing, what they want to do. And sometimes when we pitch a solution, yes, it's great for us, but the client may not have enough dev resources. The client, if they're small, might be the only dev in the company. So then you've got to pitch them, okay, not only is the solution, this is how we're going to fit the solution into your sprint cycle. This is how I'm going to help you get the solution implemented. Instead of just being a consultant, coming in, pooping all over what they've done in their website, saying, here, fix this, and then going away. Sometimes a relationship is a little bit more hand-holding. Sometimes it is just you get to go in and say, this is what we're doing. See you in a month. But you have to understand how to communicate with clients to understand that each client needs to be communicated to in a different way and to understand how to do that for each. It is mental gymnastics. It can be exhausting, but at the end of the day, when you look at your retainers, 
when you look at your client retention, when those clients are emailing you and saying, wow, I was worried about this, but you made me feel good, or wow, you always teach me something in these calls. Or one of my favorite things as a boss was on a client call when someone would say, oh, wow, you know, this employee was just, I was so worried about something, but they got on this call, they made me feel good. Or I had in my last agency where we hired someone to help us with client communication because we were starting to grow and we needed someone to be more of a point person for that. And we had a couple of clients who were unhappy, but as soon as we hired her, they emailed us. It was like, oh my God, you got her and she's just locked up some of the things I was really worried about you guys. I can really see that you care about your clients because you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. You couldn't solve it, but you got someone who could help us with this. And hearing those things is what I want because that shows that not only are we growing well as a company, we're growing well as individuals. We're able to look at ourselves and say, we can't do this anymore individually. We need some help. So again, it goes back to that understanding how to ask for help and how to get there. One of the biggest things that I see that I hear from PPC agencies, especially now, is how do I explain to my client that Google is taking control away from me and I can't do the things or deliver the things that you're accustomed to? Um, you have any advice for how people can get ahead of that? Is it is it more of the same or would you do something different? I, just more of the same, just being open and honest. Like you, but don't doom anyone because a lot of we do doom casting. And it's just like, oh, and you know, the sky is falling. We're all chicken noodles. But if you just help, tell people, hey, again, it's got to be the background, problem, goal. That's how I think about everything that I'm pitching. So the background, hey, you know, Google is taking over. They just dropped this Pmax is going to do. X, Y, and Z. The problem is because of what they're doing, it's taking a little bit more control out of my hands and putting it into Google's hands. Now, the goal for us is to be able to say, okay, we know that this 10% now Google's going to control. This other 90% that we control, here's some things we're going to, to do to make sure that if Google messes up over here, our money is still good over here. If you can continuously educate the clients and show them that while you may not have control, you are expert in the parts you don't have control over and the parts that you do, they're going to continue to trust you. And if they don't and they want to take their money somewhere else, at the end of the day, again, you can look at yourself and say, hey, I did everything I could. I tried to continue to establish a good relationship. They just, because of some things that were out of my control, no longer trust this. Now I can go out and find some clients who do trust that I can do this, who do understand that this part is out of control, but they can still work with me. So. Being open, being honest, but also understanding that maybe because of what is going on with Google, you might lose some people. But again, that's probably not your fault. And if they're willing to leave you for this, they were looking for a reason to leave you. So just shed some tears about it now. Put your chin back up. Go out and get some new clients who are going to replace that client and probably be a better relationship for you. Well said. Really well said. The other thing that I'm hearing a lot about is paid search marketers wanting to get more involved with things like brand and copywriting and creative and basically looking beyond just the account on how we can optimize site experience and how we can optimize organic search. As CMO, I know one of the most important things for you was thinking about the entire digital footprint of a business. What was your approach? How did you do that? Um, and hopefully the people listening can, can pick some gems out of there. Well, I was lucky in that when we started the agency, one of my partners and I, well, all three of us worked at the same place, but one of the partners and I, we worked really, really closely because we were in the same office. So we put together what we called our marketing Bible. It was if we left our company and we were ready to start our own, 
what would we do? And one of the things I told them was we can't be every other agency when it comes to our brand tone and voice. We have to make sure we're doing things. So I was in charge of social media. I was in charge of our donation arm. I made sure that our voice and tone let people know that not only are we really good digital marketers, but we care about individual humans too. We care about the least of us so that we can build them up to be the most of us. There's a book, Catcher in the Rye. I don't know if you've ever read it, but I hate most of the book, but I love this scene where every time Holden Kaufman is um, dreaming or he's daydreaming, he's in this field and his job is to grab the kids and protect them from the ledge. For me, my job in my mind is to grab young people and pull them towards the ledge and say, hey, this is where you need to be. You need to be at the edge because over there, yes, it's safe, but everyone is hiding there. So if you're playing hide and go seek, you and those 50 other people are going to be tagged. But if you're over here at the edge, you're never going to get tagged because people are also going to be afraid to come over here. You've got to be afraid every day because that's where the living, that's where the real work begins. You've got to be able to tell your clients again the truth, to be able to tell them this is what needs to happen, even if they've been screaming against it. You've got to be able to tell if you work internally, your internal stakeholders, you've got to lean into that fear. If you work in an agency, you need to be able to tell the people that work with you internally and the people externally, your clients, all the truth. And you need to be thinking every day, how do we get better? What can we add? Because best practices are only best practices until Google, Bing, Yahoo, et al. decide that they want to change some things. But if we're continuously pushing up against that edge, they don't get to change things. We're changing them now. And I don't just mean digital marketers. I mean our clients who are doing good things, who are giving good information out to people. And the searchers with their search intent tell Google, Bing, et al., this is what I want. So all of a sudden, we're the ones establishing what the rules of the game are rather than Google being at all establishing rules of the game. And we're playing catch up. We stop being the Scottie Pippen who has to follow. We become the Michael Jordan who again leads. And that's what I want. Lean into that fear, lean into that edge and become leaders instead of just search marketing followers. Nice. I love that advice. And I know one of the things that you actively worked against as an agency leader was silos. And I think silos are probably the biggest challenge that I see in paid search. You know, treating your team or your agency as a silo and just working only on the account and not focusing on anything else, probably the biggest mistake that people are making. So when you were in that position, how did you make sure that everyone was on the ledge together and that, that people weren't like one team was here and one team was there, but everybody was just working together? What did you do? We broke it up. We started because it was just the three co-founders when we started. It was easier to not have silos because all of us are working together, doing the work on the meetings, on the pitch calls. So we're all there. So we were anti-silo from the beginning. But once you start building up and you're hiring people for different channels, it's easier to fall into the silos because what if you have someone who's only working on single channel clients? They never work at cross purposes. So we made sure that when we were having meetings, there was no real single channel meeting. The first meeting of the week was everyone in the company. And we talk about our clients. What's coming up for the week? What are you doing? What do you need help on? And we also, once we had enough clients, we broke it out into account-based marketing. It wasn't just you're on this one client. It was, okay, you're going to be on a set of clients within the same niche. So if you work with one fintech agency, 
you were involved with them all. Maybe you didn't do as much work for one of them as you did for another three, but you saw how everything was going. You were in these client meetings. You, If you sat on the SEO team, you would hear me talk about content. You would hear the PPC team talk about what they were doing for PPC. You would hear us ask each other questions. Oh, you've got data on what was the highest click-through rate for those PPC keywords. Would you mind flipping them to me and the SEO team so we can start looking at some title tags, meta descriptions on some similar pages that we can change because of that? And for me, oh, can you give me those keywords so I can start looking up some content around those keywords that we can then pitch to the client and say, hey, we see because people are clicking on those PPC ads, we're updating some copy on your organic landing pages. And also I'd like to do some blog posts around these keywords so people can understand what we're talking about organically so we can make sure that all channels are working together. It's super simple, but again, it goes back to people trying to protect a little fiefdom. If I've got all of my PPC locked up and it's a black box and no one knows about it, then no one can tell me I'm doing right or wrong and I'm safe. No, you're not because people are going to start looking and wondering what you're doing because they don't know. I'd rather be judged on the things that I am doing rather than be judged on perception. I hate the phrase perception is reality. No, reality is reality. So if I'm in charge of your content, you're going to get a big dose of that reality. Every time we're in a big meeting, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Every time I hear what you're doing on the PPC side, or I hear what SEO is doing. I'm taking notes in my notebook and I'm scribbling down and I'm going to come back to your desk. Oh, hey, I heard you mention this real quick. I was taking notes on this other thing. Do we have 10 minutes so I can talk and learn about it so I can figure out how that can help me so I can help you more? I don't want to take over your job. I want to help you be better so you can help me be better so we can help the client be better. In the end, I make money when the client's happy. So if I'm pissing you off by asking too many questions, but the client's happy, I win. Get on my train. Come to my desk and ask me questions too. Because if you say, hey, Jamar, how can I be better with this? I'm all ears. I want to help you be better. Because again, selfishly, I want to be able to come to your desk and get better. And the way that the ecosystem is going, we need to be digital marketers. We can't be PPCers and SEOers and content managers. We need to know and understand. We need to be friends. Like this friendship has been beneficial for me. Maybe I never ever do PPC stuff, but I see what you talk about. You've made me smarter about things. It has educated me on how I can be better as a content marketer. Oh, I can do these things. It has made me better about how I can be an organic optimizer. Oh, this is what I need to do to make sure my content is up to date, that these search pages are going to be found. So that way, when they're successful, if there's a PPC agent, someone who's internally, we can all work together to say, okay, how can we make sure that if you're now doing a paid ad, we keep your cost per acquisition down so that the budget that you have stretches farther and you can do the campaigns you want to do. And you'll remember in the end, ooh, that content marketer, he was he really cared about my budget and how to make it stretch and really talk to me about ideas that he could do organically so I didn't have to spend money on that. I want to keep working with him. That's how. We help each other. That's how we help our clients. That's how digital marketing gets out of the darkness. That's how the light is shown on it. And that's how people stop saying, well, I don't understand what they're doing and start saying, ooh, I understand what that group is doing. I want to keep working with them so I can learn from them and we can make money together. I love it. It's all relationships. Everything starts and yes. ends with relationships. That's beautiful. Um, I, I learned so much from you today about running a team and, and nurturing people and how you can lift them up and how you can make clients happier and 
And, and this is all great stuff. I know you have so much more to contribute. How do people connect with you? How do people learn from you? How do people say hi? Um, plug whatever you want. Uh, mostly find me on Twitter at JamRam33. That's J-A-M-R-A-M and the numbers three and three. That's where you'll mostly find me. You can get me on LinkedIn, Jamar Ramos. I usually share stuff over there. So if you want to see what other people are doing, you can follow my account and I share that. But if you want to see what I'm doing, what other people are doing, all the things I'm talking about on Twitter is mostly where I am. And I know that people think it's a hellscape and they're getting off of it, but I'm going to ride until the wheels fall off because Black Twitter is the greatest thing in the history of great things. And again, I'm about the, if you tell me I don't belong here, this is probably where I'm going to stay until it blows up. You and me both for different reasons, but but yeah, I'm I'm on this Twitter ride till till it's shut down. Yeah, plus all my favorite people are on yeah. there, and they're doing such great things. And the biggest thing for me is there's so many young marketers out there, especially you know people in different countries. And Twitter is where they're going, and for me, it's that's where I can help them. That's where I can help establish their voices. That's where I can help amplify them. And my biggest goal is to find the two, three, four people who are eventually going to take the baton from me and not only continue what I'm doing, but do it better, do it more efficiently and find out new things to do. And then pass that on to the next two, three, four people each individually, because there needs to be new names. There needs to be new faces. There can't be the same three or four people at these marketing conferences. There can't be the same names. Other people are doing the same work. They may be young in the space, but Age ain't nothing but a number. You can be one year, you can be 10 years. You can be just as knowledgeable as each other. You can share the same knowledge, if not more. And if we're not replenishing, this whole thing is dying. And that's when those is SEO dead articles will start mattering because we'll have kilted off because it's nothing but old, decrepit blood instead of that new, fresh transfusion that we all need to keep this thing alive and I feel like I need to send you a mic so you can drop it. Jamar has <laughs> 